Hello, and welcome to Ask Mama Amy, a podcast promoting practical advice and resources for strong mothers. I'm your host, Amy Shao, single mom and estate planning attorney and founder of Shao Law. Hi, everybody. Um, this is Amy Shaw. I'm so excited to have Christina Furnimal with us today. Um, she's a mental health therapist and author of multiple children's books. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for uh, being with us, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. So, Christina, tell us a little bit about yourself since um, we're featuring strong moms. Can you tell us, are you a mom yourself and how old are your kids? I am. I'm a mom of two children. My daughter is five years old and my son is three. And we are raising them. My husband's from Scotland, but we live in San Diego, raising our kiddos in my old neighborhood, just miles down the road from my parents and my brother and his family. Um, I'm a licensed mental health therapist and I've been in the field since 2009. I've worked in a variety of settings. I've worked in a domestic violence center, hospital programs, outpatient clinics. I also worked for a nonprofit where I gave one-on-one behavioral support to families, uh, parent coaching and parent education classes. And most recently I do telehealth therapy um, in the evening. So that way I'm able to stay home with my kiddos during the day and get some work done by night. I'm also uh, in the middle of my very first book launch, my book, The Not-So-Friendly Friend, released on September 14th. So I'm knees deep in everything involved with that right now. And um, so when I'm home with them, I'm trying to make time during the day to also work on my books. How do you fit everything in? I, I don't. So, <laughs> you're amazing. As, um, so it, you were uh, actually a child therapist before you had your own kids, right? Yeah. So you've always been in this area and you just have this passion. So tell us a little bit about the origin. How did you get started in, in this? Well, I always knew I wanted to help people. And I thought that was going to be through medicine. So when I was at Vanderbilt University, I was studying pre-med and I I wasn't very good at it. I wasn't very interested in it. And so I had to do some self-study and realize I still want to help people, but I don't think this is the way. Uh, My mom is actually a mental health therapist. And I think I had kind of compartmentalized that as her own thing. And I was going to do something different, but we're very similar. And I'm kind of, I've always been the go-to friend of my friends when they have issues or things they want to talk about. Um, So I decided to enroll in a graduate program for, to get get my license. And um, it went great. I loved it. I think psychology is so interesting and I've always loved working with children. So I was able to then put, um, besides pre-med, I studied Spanish. So I was able to put kind of all of my likes and passions together as a mental health therapist for children in San Diego. So I did therapy in English and in Spanish and worked with um, children and their families as well. Oh, I love that. And I was checking out your books. They look so cute. Um, Tell us, um, how did you come up with the idea of creating these um, kids uh, therapy books, if you will, or not really therapy book, but tell, tell us about it. So I never had intended to set out to be a children's book author. It's really wonderful how the cards have unfolded for me, if that's a phrase. Um, Pretty much after becoming a therapist and working in the field for several years, I became a mom. And at that time, I decided I didn't want to work in a professional capacity. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I felt unfulfilled by stay-at-home motherhood. I really thought I would be such a natural. And I really thought that it was going to fuel me. And it, it's wonderful, but I went through postpartum depression and anxiety after having my daughter and it took several months 
to come out of that fog. And once I did, I decided to step back into the workforce, but in a way that worked for me. So I started a mom blog, a therapeutic mom blog called Real Life Mama. And I've had that now since February, 2019. And with that, I really developed my passion for writing. And I always knew during school assignments, I loved to write, but it was very academic focused. And writing the blog was not only therapeutic for me, but I was able to help women around the world uh, with different issues or the same sorts of situations that I was encountering as a mother and with my children. Um, but the story behind the book, The Not So Friendly Friend, was my daughter came home from preschool one morning, really distraught and upset. And one of her friends at school wasn't being very kind to her. Sometimes she was nice to her, sometimes she wasn't. And I have, from my years of therapy, a bookshelf full of social and emotional books. So I went to it, I went to my friendship selection, or yeah, selection and went through them and couldn't really find anything specifically about an unkind friend. There are books on bullies, like real bullies, mm -hmm. but this child was just a child trying to figure out her way, just like anyone else. So mm -hmm. um, I went online, I took my search online and I just couldn't find what I was looking for. So I wrote The Not So Friendly Friend, which is a book on how to set a boundary with an unkind mm -hmm. friend. And um, it was a story that stayed in my phone. I would read it from my phone to my kiddos and it was helpful for them and they loved it. But I actually forgot about it once the pandemic happened because then we weren't socializing anymore. Yeah. Um, but I came across it in my phone in September, 2020 and had a moment where I was like, you know what, this is actually pretty good. I feel like this should really be a book. And so I submitted it to publishers and I heard from Pessy, who is my publisher now the very next day. And we got though just the wheels kept turning. It all got moving. That is so awesome. And, and I, you know, with you helping, so is the majority of the kids that you help, what is the, the age group? So when I worked for an outpatient community clinic, the age group was really broad. It was from five to 21. Mm. And then I also worked for the nonprofit whose age group was actually zero to five. It was first five San Diego was the bigger umbrella program that I worked yeah. for. Mm -hmm. And so that was for little, little kids. And then maybe they're having tantrums or behavioral issues, but for the older mm. kids, five to 21, we would see anything from adjustment disorders, to anxiety, to depression, to relational issues, all, you know, the whole, ran the whole gamut. Mm, yeah. So, so for kids, my son just turned five and he's first year in kindergarten. And so I'll ask a personal question. Yes. <laughs> so um, for kids that are about the range of maybe like uh, five years old or six years old, they're like growing up to the kindergarten age. Um, what would you say are the most common issues? Maybe just give us one or two. Um, and how can their parents help them or how can moms help them? For example, like the other day, my son just said, oh, I feel alone <laughs> in kindergarten. The first week he came home and he said, I feel alone. And I said, you can make friends with other kids. And he said, no, I like to play by myself. <laughs> and he never had this issue before in, in preschool. So yeah, just I think, I think that's a, a big one is that kind of beginner social skills. Our children have had a year plus of not really been being able to interact how they normally and naturally would, which means the skills they had are frozen. They're thawing mm -hmm. out right now. They're more nervous than they would have been if they had just gone from regular preschool into regular elementary school without this pandemic thrown in the middle. But um, the encouragement that you're giving him is wonderful. There are several books on kind of basic social skills. There's an Arthur, I think that's the character mm -hmm. one. Um, there's how do dinosaurs go to school? Um, can I eat my classmates? There's a couple different books that help 
your children to feel comfortable or to realize that other kids are scared too. And I think they feel so much like I'm the only one that doesn't know how to, because I see that group or I see that group. And those kids are just as nervous too. They just process things in different ways. So I think playing is really helpful. Um, I don't know if your son uses action figures or Barbies or cars or trucks or whatever, but if you can get on their level with your children and play with them and incorporate some of those themes into the play, because children learn through play and it feels more indirect because a little, a five-year-old, you know, my daughter's five as well. They're not as willing to like sit down face to face and let's have a chat about friends. You know, that's not, it's let's not as communicate. <laughs> let's communicate. Let's talk. Um, it's not as easy to do that, but through play is great. Or even drawing. My daughter was really nervous as well about her first day of kindergarten. So we had, we sat down and she loves art. And so I had her draw her classroom and what she thought it might look like and the exciting parts of the room and what her friends might look like to kind of help her get used to that. So that social component is a really big thing that we're seeing with early elementary age kids as well. Um, and then the, oh, what was I going to say specifically? Oh, meltdowns, uh, right? Tantrums. It's big emotions. And I don't know if your son had this the first few weeks or months of school, but coming home and just that letdown of like, oh, I'm home and I'm letting it all mm -hmm. out, which mm -hmm. is so hard for us because we're like, we're excited to see you. We haven't had you all day. Oh, but we're not excited to see this side of you. Like, let's wrap that up. Um, all the emotional garbage. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's because ironically, they feel most safe with us. So mm -hmm. they keep it together. They're being good listeners. They're learning. They're trying to make friends. They have high anxiety at school and they come home and they get to just kind of let that all out. It's like the steam release on your pot. Just psh. And so I think for us as parents to recognize that we need to give ourselves some grace, give them some grace, really practice patience, really try and validate and show love. Um, what I try and do a lot is name what I think is happening or you're really tired from after school, or you're really worn out from doing such a good job paying attention at school and just giving extra love. And a lot of times that is enough to kind of diffuse the situation mm -hmm. and help your kids get back into a more chipper mood. Mm -hmm. and, and you said something that's really important. Some The kids have the meltdowns with us because they feel the safest with us. And sometimes if mom and dad or like two partners, if one of them spend more time with the child and the other person doesn't, then it's common for one child, I mean, for the child to have a meltdown with one, but not with the other. Yes. And that doesn't feel good. If, if you're the one that they feel safest with, you're the one that you're like, I want all the snuggles. I want all the love. And they're like, this is what I'm going to give you. <sighs> and it's hard because then your partner potentially doesn't get that side of them. And it can feel a little, you can start to feel some resentment sometimes. So you just have to remind yourself that they're doing their best and they feel safest with you and you're doing your best with them as well. Mm. So in your mom journey, um, would you share what is the most challenging? I'm sure, I mean, being a mom is just a pure challenge in and of itself, but if you could uh, share a story or maybe one of the biggest challenges you've ever had to overcome um, and, and what you've learned from it and um, what uh, accumulated to be the strength that you have right now. My biggest challenge that I had with motherhood was from the very start because I felt almost immediately when they put my daughter on my chest, this weight of wow, I thought I was really well prepared, but I don't think I actually am. And I was so used to in life. And a lot of us are of working really hard and finding success in what we work hard at. You know, if I, if I work really hard in this, I'm going to do well. And with motherhood, it's like, you can work as hard as you want and it may or may not result in what you're imagining in your head. So mm -hmm. I had 
a lot of preconceived notions and expectations of how amazing and natural I would be and how also how my baby's temperament would be. And so having to really adjust to the real life situation and let go of those expectations, having depression, anxiety caught me completely off guard. I had not struggled with mental health issues before. I didn't, according to what I reflected on myself, have any red flags for having issues. Although now in hindsight, I'm able to see, oh, I was having intrusive thoughts. Oh, my birth was more traumatic than I thought, or postpartum was more traumatic than I thought. Mm -hmm. I actually had at a week postpartum, I had delayed hemorrhaging and I started bleeding and had to be rushed to the hospital immediately. And Mm -hmm. uh, that impacted then my milk supply. So then nursing didn't go well. And that meant sleeping wasn't going well. And it just kind of piled up on itself. I felt a lot of regret for having children in the first place. And I said that to my husband one night uh, that I felt like it was a nightmare. And he knew it was hard because he was right there with me, but he didn't have the same experience that I was having. And so for me, the early stage of motherhood was so rough. I felt very alone, even though I had the support of my mom and my husband and and our friends. Mm -hmm. Um, My own internal experience felt so isolating. And I think what, what's a good learning from that for me and for other moms, any of you watching this is motherhood should be life-changing, but motherhood should not be earth shattering. And if you feel wrong, if you feel like you're not yourself, you're something's not right. Those are some kind of key red flags that you could use some extra support. And so I ended up going and speaking to a therapist myself and getting guidance and that was part of it too. I am a therapist. I was like, I should have all the tools. I should know what to do, but we all have our own blind spots and I'm human just like anyone else. And so I was able to have a therapist help me see where I needed to make some changes and see things differently and reframe and shift my thinking. And, um, you know, sometimes I still battle with the loss of autonomy of motherhood I'm five years in, and I'm still like, man, I can't just get up and go. But, um, overall, that was my biggest challenge and struggle was those the first six months or so um, of really losing my identity and trying to recreate it or figure out who I was now having changed and then reborn myself as a mother. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all the vulnerabilities. There's a lot of good stuff there. And, and it's so hard to admit the feeling of being alone, right? Because we like to think, oh, I've got it all together. And especially when you were a working woman before becoming a mom, then it's easy to get into that mental space. So thank you so much. So how would you um, define a strong mom? I would define a strong mom as someone who doesn't do it all. I would define a strong mom as someone who recognizes their strengths and the areas where they're maybe not as strong, not as equipped or capable or don't have the time for and delegate. Um, My book is about boundaries and for adults and for moms, boundaries is like the number one form of self-care that we can do. When we put limits on all the commitments we have, when we express to our partner, I can't handle all these things and I need your support. When we're able to delegate and not do everything, that's when we're our best. And that's when we're a strong mom. Mm, I love that definition. Um, as the traditional concept of motherhood is like the person who takes care of everybody and does it all, but it's right. also very likely to lead to meltdown in the end of the day. And mm-hmm. um, so I love that definition. Now, Christina, how can people uh, reach out to you if they need more support? Uh, and just tell us the avenues of support that you offer uh, to our local community. Yes. So on Instagram, you can find me at this is real life mama. And that is my therapeutic motherhood account. 
I also have my Capable Kids Books account. Um, and that's for the stories that I'm that I'm selling. And this is the not so friendly friend I brought to show, but I forgot. And um, that is social media. I'm also on Facebook. I have a Facebook page where I share the same things as the This Is Real Life Mama Instagram account. And that Facebook page is Christina Furnival Real Life Mama. And then outside of that, you can go to ChristinaFurnival.com. Um, I do therapy in the evenings. Like I said, I'm an independent contractor with an online telehealth provider. So if you just shoot me an email or message me even through my contact form on my website, we can start a conversation and I can support you in finding either a, an alternate therapist um, or if I have openings then find you a spot with me as well. And since I'm licensed in California, I can help anybody in the state of California. That's awesome. So any final um, tips or advice for moms or parents having to deal with their children right now, especially during the pandemic season? It's hard. And I think just admitting that it's hard, admitting that we have way too much on our plates, that we're still in a state of heightened anxiety and stress way beyond normal limits, that if we're losing our cool more often than we would like to, or if we're feeling guilty about this or that, to try and let that go and recognize that we're in a very unusual time and place right now. Things are different. We're not going to be firing on all cylinders and that's okay. And it's also okay to be human and show that to your children and show them your struggle so they can see that they also don't have to be perfect all the time. It's a really good lesson. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christina, for attending our show today. We will be posting your links down below at the chat box so everybody can uh, connect with you. Thank you again, Christina. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on Ask Mama Amy. Head over to AskMamaAmy.com for all the show notes and links you heard in today's episode. You'll also get my free legal tool for you to name legal guardians for your children so that you can leave them with abundant resources to support them and a total peace of mind. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review to tell us why. See you next time, mamas.